Hi, I'm Erin Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. In addition to the cat, we have Christy O'Connor with us today. Evidently, there will be a cat in this episode. I'm excited for this conversation because, um, and we were just talking about this, you have something in common that with me that I always, not only did I think it was weird, but my mother thought I like, she was actually concerned about it, right? Totally. This, this whole thing of like, do something, move on, do something, move on, do something, move on. So before we get into your journey of that, um, why don't you give everyone a little bit more formal introduction of who you are and what you do? Excellent. Thank you, Erin. I so appreciate being here. Just love being able to talk about the entrepreneurial journey and how I've gotten to where I am today as well. Uh, my name is Christy O'Connor and um, a little bit about my background. Um, growing up, I always worked in small businesses, really loved that aspect, saw the freedom and flexibility that those business owners had and how having a key employee such as myself allowed them to have that key, that freedom and flexibility. Went to college, super random, pursued a degree in food science, human nutrition, exercise physiology. And go. when I decided like, oh, dietetics is the next route, I did not love what the FDA um, and the Dietetics Association was forcing us to prescribe. So I was like, great, I just spent four years getting a really amazing education in food and nutrition, which I absolutely loved, but I still always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, long story short, I've worked everywhere from nonprofit organizations to privately held large companies and to you know Fortune 500 public companies as well. And along the way, I also had my own businesses that I ran in the fitness space. Um, and then most recently, I joined a partnership. There was four of us, and we were purchasing failing franchises in the boutique fitness space, and my job was the boots on the ground. I went and hire, fired, retrained, and made those businesses profitable in about a year and a half. So after I kind of got that to a stable point, I'm like, what's next? You know, I don't love the day-to-day management of people. I love being a leader. Um, And I just really am good at seeing the big picture and figuring out what needs to be done in a strategic way to achieve the goals that that company needs. And so, you know, I just put it out into the universe and, you know, within three months of me putting it out into the universe, I found Cultivate Advisors where I'm now a senior business advisor. So I get to help other entrepreneurs pursue their goals and get those roadblocks out of their way. So I want to touch on something and we did, I warned you, this happens organically. We can have a great plan. Plans are useless. Um, (laughs) You touched on something that's been very uh, front and center in my mind in the last probably six weeks. And what I was, what I've been looking at is what has allowed me to be successful in this business where others aren't and where are my clients getting hung up and then you mentioned going from problem to success basically in 18 months and if i were to pinpoint one of the big differentiators 
and how I'm able to move forward versus other people who I see don't, how some of my clients move forward and some of my clients don't. It's coming to coaching, coming to coaching programs, reading books, listening to podcasts, absorbing all of the information. And some people do something with it and some people don't. And it's knowing, because I don't think it's an inherent ability for everybody. How do you take knowledge and information and turn it into an action plan? That is a great question. Um, So I think you already kind of hit on it by stating that you have to actually take the action, right? Um, and then so I think simple this, when you just say it that it way. It does. It's just so but easy. But I think the key thing you even talked about was coaching. It's the accountability. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we we know what it's been like working in a corporation and things of that sorts, but then how do we distill that down to how we function individually and how we function in our organization and who's holding the person at the top accountable? i.e. you as the CEO. That is where I see the benefit of our work that both you and I do is we make it accountable. And the biggest thing is when clients jump in, they're like, oh, I didn't get it done. I didn't get it done. I'm like, great. Guess what? We've got two hours. Let's do it now. So it creates the space and the time for them to do it, even if they probably just don't want to do it. I think the other thing too, is that it's kind of like situational leadership. Is it, is it skill? Or is it knowledge that they lack? And where do you need to support them, right? And what type of support do they need based on their deficiencies that they might have? So some people don't take action because they just don't even know that. No, right. They just don't know, which is a very legitimate situation, right? It's just a, I don't know how to do that. I mean, yeah. So like me and my business partners, we invested in an EOS implementer. And I think what was great about that is we had the accountability. And we also had someone outside of ourselves, especially when you have four minds working together that could hold accountability to us and also bring everything back down to a level that's not way up here that some of us get into. Well, and and we think we did the same thing here. Allison and I, you know, Allison joined me almost right from the beginning. And at some point, we realized we had gotten ourselves as far as we could on our own operationally. Yes. I mean, I w- we were, yes, I was in coaching programs and learning all the time, but that's my natural state. Right. But we had gotten ourselves operation and we did the same thing. And it was interesting that you say hiring that person created accountability for me mm-hmm. because I wasn't going to show up to my meeting with the person I hired to implement the processes, not right. having done my part of the job. Absolutely. And I think that's the hardest part because as a CEO and as an entrepreneur or founder, you wear every single hat in the business. And so it's sometimes hard to take that focused time and actually do the work that you need to do. I laugh. I love how you say do the work. I tease my boyfriend all the time because he tends to work in the kitchen a lot instead of in his office. Um, we can go into that at a different time. Um, <laughs> what and my feelings about that? No, a lot of times it's absolutely fine because then the dogs are happy and everyone's happy. But I do overhear as I go to have lunch and go to grab coffee. I overhear, and he works in a corporate company um, at a high level of management and a nationwide level of management. 
And I tease him all the time because he's never not in a meeting. Yeah. When does anybody, I tease, when does anybody do the work? I'm having the same. So for an entrepreneur, I'm doing the same thing for myself. We have initiatives now that I'm very excited about, but I've booked myself talking to other human beings so much that when am I working on my initiatives? You got it. These are normal problems to have. Absolutely. So tell me, how did you, how, What's your origin story, <laughs> as, as we now call it in this year? Thanks to Marvel, we now call it an origin story. But like, how did you find yourself where you are now? I'm always curious how people landed. Like, because I love the fact that you were in the fitness world. That's my background, not from a business perspective, just from a personal perspective. Um, so how mm-hmm. did you land where you are? I think it's saying yes to opportunities. I think it's not being afraid. <clears throat> um to just dip your toe in anything and figure out what feels right. I mean, I've worked in the fitness industry. I've worked as a financial advisor. I've worked um, in doctor's offices, right? I mean, it's like I have so many different industries. This is awesome. So I've managed a a 700 unit apartment complex. I, by the way, I was like 28 years old. Who gives a 28 yes. year old their billion dollar <laughs> asset? <laughs> like, what were we doing in the 90s and 80s? Right. Like, why was that a thing? Like, we might complain about kids not growing up enough now, but what crazy person gave me a 27 years old management over a multiple million dollar asset? Um, I managed a construction uh, right. team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how so, that <laughs> and I think the most interesting thread across all of the different industries is that I always fell into a place of leadership naturally. Mm-hmm. And so really, I think it is, I was always hungry for that next opportunity of growth. And I really didn't care where it came from. Um, you already said it yourself. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm going to figure it out as I go. And I think that's a big part of it is whenever I feel like I've hit a plateau or I'm stuck and I'm not learning, that's when I start looking for something else. So where I got to today, I absolutely love that I have a variety of clients in every single industry and it keeps me on my toes and it keeps me busy. And I don't really see myself doing much else besides advising for the rest of my career because it fulfills all those different aspects of me where I'm not having to go run and find another job so that I feel like I'm learning and growing. Yeah. I I so agree with you because I, I just absorb information. I absolutely love it. And it does feel good to be like, okay, I can continue my quest to absorb information and not have the ups and downs of looking for a job. Like none of that has to come with it anymore. Right. Right. And I love it. And we also have the opportunity to teach and share that information that we always seek out and, and explore ourselves. Love what you're learning here and interested in more? Check out conqueryourbusiness.com to get immediate access to all sorts of additional resources and stay updated on our upcoming training events. So if you were, you know, if you think about your clients, one of the things I love to do is shorten people's learning curves, right? If you just don't do it the way I did it, you're going to be ahead of the game, right? Exactly. (laughs) Between your personal experiences or your clients, what do you see some themes 
of challenges where people get hung up or let it stop them. Um, kind of so we don't feel alone. Yeah. And kind of, right. And kind of some tips for how do we move through it? That's excellent. Um, first of all, I would say most business owners do not want to spend the time in their finances and understand where their money is really going. And are they charging the right amount? Right. Um, so the number one area I focus on first, well, two areas that are congruently I focus on is financials. Make sure you have a plan and make sure you have a way to understand how you're going to achieve that plan. I'm just not going to set a sale goal of, hey, I want to make $50,000 this month in sales. Well, what does that take? How many phone calls do you need to make? How many leads do you need to have? How many opportunities do you need to get in front of people? And what is your closing rate? And what in those different areas can we actually affect so that you get a higher closing rate or you're achieving more leads, right? So I think financials is not just about our PL, it's about how does our PL actually tie into the way our business is run. The second area is leadership. Um, one thing I did take away is I don't, I love the word accountability chart versus organizational chart. Mm, nice. Because now you're building an org organization based off the accountabilities of what you need to make that business run effectively and not just who's sitting in a seat. Nice. So you create the priorities first and then you go put the people in the seats. And it may look woefully different than that org chart that you originally started with. Yeah. One of the ways I was taught to do an org chart that I loved was um, an outcome chart. Ooh. I know. I wish it was my original idea. It wasn't. Right. <laughs> take credit for that one. Um, totally. It was, right. It was create an outcome chart. What are the outcomes? And here's one of the things that I laugh about. Um, case study in my MBA life. Everybody, you know, read good to great. Always this big deal. Yes. Just put the right people on the bus. And we always laughed because the right people won't get on the bus if they don't know where the bus is going. Going. Right? Yes. Yes. And so that's why I feel like leadership is such an imperative part of any organization. It doesn't matter if you're a team of two or a team of 50. You have to, like you said, get the right people in the right seats. It really is important. But if you as a leader cannot be clear and concise on what that vision is and where you're going, you could have the best person sitting in that seat and underutilizing them. Yeah, well, and the best people aren't going to join you, right? The job of the CEO, and I had a hard time with this, not necessarily because I couldn't do it, just because I didn't expect it. The job of the CEO is to cast the vision. Okay, great. I love that part. What I didn't expect, even when it was just Allison and I, that we needed to have meetings. Mm -hmm. And I didn't expect it because Allison and I talked to each other all day long. Right. So... If we were talking to each other all day long, why would we need a meeting? Well, we need a meeting to organize the thoughts, to make sure Absolutely. there's intention, right? And that was something I think in the beginning that's like, oh, wait a minute. It's just me, Allison, and my cat, but I'm still happy <laughs> to be the leader, right? <laughs> and even if you do talk on a daily basis, you're, all, you're not typically going deep enough into the challenges and issues. You're just putting out those fires in the moment right. that you're discussing. And, or you could be like me and my leadership team where we would have three meetings a week. We'd have one on sales, one on marketing, one on our, you know, employees. And then we learn to really streamline that meeting into every single week, 
having very specific objectives, goals, what are you doing? I mean, setting quarterly goals and making that your guiding light off of your yearly plan is so imperative and it keeps people focused. And when we talk about casting that vision, it ties it more on a micro level of where that vision is and how you can influence it. I love it. Yeah. And it it really is so much of what I've put in place for my business, but also how to help someone else do that, especially for the beginners, for people like we kind of assume it's interesting to me that when I watch people, it seems that they assume that if you're not making six figures, you don't need a big fancy plan and you don't need a big fancy plan, but you do need a plan. Absolutely. And, and you need much, accountability to it. And accountability and how much energy, and this is where I grabbed onto it. How much energy am I gaining because I'm now not constantly obsessing over all the things that I were only keeping in my head. Well, and that ties back to you have those people that just absorb all the knowledge and information, but they never take the action, right? So it's just living in their heads. Same thing with your plan. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to achieve 600,000 in sales this year. Great. You have that number in your head, but every day you're ruminating and all you see is that I'm not getting there. You're not giving yourself the steps on how you can get there, which is why that plan is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. So jumping topics, because I meant to ask you this before. In my humble opinion, your ability to go from thing to thing to thing and your willingness and desire to go from thing to thing to thing also requires a certain amount of Mm self-trust. I see people stay in jobs way too long and they'll complain and they hate it, but they won't do anything about it. And I think there is a lack of self-trust in most people. That's a really um, interesting word. Because like when you said it, I was like, oh, I've like never you thought knew of it that way. Fine. Yeah. You wouldn't have, ju- it wouldn't, it doesn't matter how miserable you are if you're making money. If you don't think you're going to be okay to leave, you won't leave. Right. So what is it that made me have that or makes me have that self-trust? I think when you're willing to jump once and you recognize you don't fall as far as you thought you would, it just makes it easier every time. Yeah, I agree. You realize, you you know, you realize you didn't die. Your subconscious realizes you didn't die and it's willing to let you do it again without, you know, trying to stop you. And I also think that when I look at my first, you know, job, Uh, or career path out of college and where I led to next, it was the opportunity presented itself. Yeah. I didn't go out seeking it. Someone saw me for my talent and said, Ooh, I know a great company. They're hiring for this position. I think you should apply. Right. And so I think that also helped because I had the encouragement and the support and it wasn't me having to go out and seek it. But once I had that opportunity, it's like the second I felt stagnant, I wasn't afraid to go search for that next opportunity because it showed to me that it will be fruitful. You'll gain new knowledge and you have an opportunity to create an impact. I had that as well, where I did really good at what I did. And so the next opportunity came and it wasn't until 
way, way, way later in life that I never felt like I had chosen on purpose what I wanted to do. I was just really, really good at doing a good job and the next door opening. Yes. And I think that's where you and I are probably sitting now in our careers is I was like, I'm just not jumping to the next opportunity. I am going to set my intentions around what I want. And I love this because our recruiter, it was November 2020. And, you know, I was talking to the recruiter and I had written down that by March, I would be in a new job for the career that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And what does that look like? What does it feel like? What kind of impact am I going to have? Just by getting that out on paper, created clarity. And as I was searching for the next opportunity, it gave me a way to really hone in on what it is I wanted. And, um, you know, I wrote down my intentions, never looked at them again, looked at them again. And I was like, oh, the exact timing I said it would happen, it happened in. I created Right. So I think sometimes people, yeah, or yeah, they don't even take that first step of writing it down. Of what do they want? And I also um, had conversations where people are so in survival mode that they're not even able to really articulate what they want because what they immediately want is relief. And when you're in such a dire, overwhelming, and it doesn't have to be financial, it could be exhaustion, it could be just stress, right? It doesn't have to necessarily mean I don't have enough money. But if you're in some kind of survival mode, health wise, emotional wise, financially, relationship, you will, it's almost impossible to get clear and create from that space because you just, want relief. Absolutely. Um, I had someone reach out to me and she was like, Hey, do you do career coaching? I'm like, I don't, but let's just talk through what it is you want and what that looks like. And, you know, I literally just got an email from her two days ago and she's like, Oh my gosh, I finally figured out the type of job I'm looking for. And now I'm tailoring my resume to that. Right. And so just by having the conversations, talking to people that have been through it, that maybe have a little bit more time and experience than you in in the world um, is very, very beneficial. Yeah, I think that's a great point. If you're not sure what you want or you haven't done that exercise, it's beneficial to do it with someone who's ahead on the path. Yes. Because their their opinion of what's possible is probably default at what you can't even imagine yet. Exactly. So what is next for you if you're staying put? Oh, just to continue to be better and better at what I do every day. Um, You know, our company is still kind of a startup. um, So there's a lot of opportunities for additional growth within it. Um, Within my first year, I achieved all our metrics to become a senior advisor. This year, I'm moving on to doing mentoring of other advisors so I can help coach people within our organization as well. Um, So every time there's opportunities like that, I'm raising my hand and saying, yes, I want more. And I love that I'm with an organization that allows that. I love that. Every time there's an opportunity. And there's a big difference between squirrel, meaning jumping ship, and saying yes to the opportunity that moves you. And if you forward... If you don't have the clarity on what you want, 
it's easy to get swayed, but the, and that's also why it's so important to start there so that when an opportunity presents itself, you know that saying yes to it is moving you in the right direction. Correct. You're ready for it. Absolutely. Awesome. Love it. So if people yeah. want to continue this conversation with you, and I highly, highly, highly recommend they do, what is the easiest way to get a hold of you? Where can they find you? So I've got a couple of different places. One, um, you can seek me out at cultivatedvisors.com. Uh, my email is Christy, it's C-R-I-S-T-Y at cultivatedvisors.com. Um, you can go check out what our company does there. Uh, myself and my colleague, um, Aggie, we also have a podcast and it's uh, Badass Women in Business. Nice. And we are super, we love having guests. So if you guys want to just Google, you can Google Aggie and Christy, or you can Google Badass Women in Business. You can find us on Instagram. Um, we're always looking for some great women to share their stories as well. So those are my two primary places you can reach me. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your insights, your ideas, all the, all the, all the things. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I truly enjoy bringing these stories of success and inspiration to you. Please join us in our mission to empower entrepreneurs to be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives by sharing this with anyone you know who would benefit from our tactical and motivating advice leaving us a review, and letting us know if there are any particular topics you would really appreciate hearing about. See you next time.